pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 238. Today I'm going to chat with Ashley and Justin from JMAC Customs, discuss a letter sent by lawmakers to the ATF, highlight the new P322 from SIG, and talk about a man who was catfished by someone you'd never expect. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Ashley, Justin, how are you guys doing today? Hi, Eva. We're great. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. You know, I typically don't record in the evening. It's usually like in the morning, so I'm a little more on my game. And then by the end of the day, it's just like, okay, whatever. I'm just ready to like veg out in front of the TV. (laughs) You can veg out with us. (laughs) Right? Okay, so before we start, I just have to know, are you guys both wearing your Gucci belts? You know, I 110% am wearing my blacked out Gucci belt. Yes, ma'am. Yes, queen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'll go ahead and embellish as well. Absolutely. (laughs) Yours is all blinged out? No, all black. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was like, that's cool if you're into the rhinestones and the glitter. That's awesome, Justin. Nobody's judging, I guess. Totally (laughs) judging. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so before we start talking about JMAC Customs, I'm going to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. If you guys are looking for an affordable AR, definitely check out Smith & Wesson's MP15 Volunteer Series. They have a number of different versions to choose from, including versions with the BCM Gunfighter Forens and B5 Grips and Stocks, or go for the decked out DMR version with 20-inch barrel, B5 Soap Mod Stock, and 15-inch Aluminum Forend. There's even a California version available if you're out there. They named this for Smith & Wesson's new home state in Tennessee, which they'll be making the move here in the next two years. MSRP ranges from $1,049 to $1,599, depending on the version that you get. If you want to check out more about Smith & Wesson, the volunteer series, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Guys, I've been wanting to have you on the show forever, and you guys are, like, busier than I am. And so even just, like, coordinating this, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, when was the first time that I reached out? It was, like, it had to have been at least a year ago, if not two years ago. Oh, at least a year ago, for sure, because I think at that time, Justin was working his real job on the night shift. So it was really, really hard for us to coordinate. And then, so that was right before last year's Gundy. So maybe it has been a little more than a year because we linked up again this year at the Gundy's and we're like, okay, we have got to make it happen. And so here we are today. Thanks for having us. Of course. How did you guys, first off, how did you guys meet? (laughs) Sorry, our little doggy, he's whining because he wants this toy so badly. Oh, no, it's fine. I just figured there was like an awkward (laughs) pause. Yeah, we're going to relocate him. Yeah, I just figured there was like an awkward pause because you guys met on like some, you know, horrible like dating website or something. You're like, okay, so this (laughs) wasn't part of the question. (laughs) 
Okay, so so funny thing. Uh, we actually went to the same middle school together, believe it or not. How funny is that? Aw, that's um, cute. Yeah, and then um, his family moved. And then we linked up again, what? Like college years. Um, I was working at Abercrombie. We did some modeling thing together. I always had like a boyfriend. He had a girlfriend. So it's just kind of like we never were really like interested in each other, never went on a date or anything. Then he reached out to me on Facebook to do a shoot with Blackheart International. And uh, we've been together ever since. Wow. So you guys were both in the modeling scene after you yes, we were in the we were in the modeling scene. This I remember something I'm talking about well Ashley I knew that you were sort of like you were doing that because I remember you saying something about how you auditioned for America's Next Top Model I read something and I was like oh that's really cool because I used to watch that like back in the day and then I knew that you had a little bit of background doing that Justin not to say that your looks don't surprise me that you would be doing that (laughs) you're a beautiful man I just didn't know that that's what you were also doing. Well, I have a failed model career, so I'm not really a model. So, oh, <laughs> I'm a model for guns, if that counts for anything. Is in when did you guys get into guns? Well, I started getting into guns at an early age. My dad, my grandpa, my cousins, all everybody in my family either hunted or was into the outdoors in some manner. So, you know, shooting at, as a kid. My dad would buy brick 22s and we would go out to an old strip mine and we would literally shoot uh, 10 22 for six hours until we went through 500 rounds or whatever it took. Wow. And uh, just a blast doing that. And I had just a natural draw to the shooting aspect and it was just really fun. And uh, as I got older, actually, when Obama got elected, <laughs> we uh, noticed that he had an agenda to push gun control. So I said, you know, I've always been into guns. I'm into video games. I like video game guns. And uh, I wanted to start building a collection of firearms that, you know, may potentially get banned one day. So I started buying the AKs, the ARs, uh, SKSs, all the typical first guns that uh, any gun enthusiast ends up buying. I bought all those and, you know, just started playing with them. And then you know, of course, there was one particular type of gun that really uh, had my heart right out of the gate, and that was the AK. And um, ever since then, you know, I've just been collecting AKs, and uh, it's expanded into what is now JMAC Customs. It turned into a business. So for all you people out there that are into guns, have a hobby into guns, be careful. It can turn into something that takes up a lot of your time. <laughs> right. Ashley, when did you start getting into guns? Ava, I was never really into guns. Like my grandfather was a collector. He still collects to this day. Um, I had shot like, I don't know, I think it was like a 22, maybe once or twice before I had ever met Justin. And then when he invited me up for the Blackheart International shoot, he felt that it was very important that I learned basic firearm safety, which I wholeheartedly agree. He had this app on the iPad for me to learn all the components of a firearm, how to take a firearm apart, how to put a firearm back together. Then we did some dry firing and then I was ready for the range the next day. So the guns officially since 2011. Dang. And what app was this out of curiosity? That, what was that app? That app 
I can't remember. It was it was some sort of it was a like literally learning app on how to disassemble and reassemble guns. Hmm. Because I, I think that that would actually be good to see because, you know, how many times are you like even, for example, so when I was just uh, taking out the um, with the glial ace pistol and I replaced it with one of your stocks, just getting that back end. So, I mean, typically just replacing the back piece isn't really that big of a deal like the MP5 or the AP5. That took like a few mm-hmm. minutes. But taking it off the glial, I was like, what the hell? I ended up like almost taking the entire gun apart. And it almost seemed like this thing was like glued on there. And then, you know, with the glial, the entire bottom. So it's like the trigger guard and the grip are together. It's just like one piece. And it was a little bit of a disaster. But I was like Googling YouTube videos and there's like no YouTube videos. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what is going on? I've I've not had like so many issues. Yeah, I think that that app would uh, come in handy. Otherwise, if you think about it, there's only like YouTube, like how to, you know, change out parts and stuff like that. That's really cute. And that's that's actually you did a lot better than like Justin, you did a lot better than, you know, most boyfriends out there that are just like, yeah, come on, I'll load your mags. I'll just show you how to shoot. Like, at least you were like, you know, you started with like the fundamentals and it sounds like you have, you know, just a really nice foundation before you, you know, started shooting, Ashley. Okay, so then you decided you were infatuated with AKs and you're like, you know what, we're going to create jmac custom so what was like the first thing that you created okay so we'll backtrack a little bit before we had started jmac customs we were actually already doing like the youtube videos so if you go back to our youtube in the ancient ancient days uh you'll see us out on the range with aks and target practice and having competitions against each other so we were kind of doing that before we decided hey let's make this you know a job let's let's turn this into a business I was very unhappy at the job that I was in and I came home from work one day and he was just like you know what I've always wanted to have my own business tomorrow give your two weeks notice and I'm gonna go get a business license and Ava that's what we did I went into work the next morning with a two weeks notice, they asked me if I could stay longer to help train a new person. I was very set in my boundaries and said, no, this is my two weeks notice. I will not stay be staying any longer. And that evening when I came home, he had the business license in hand. And that's when we decided, you know, that we're really doing this. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't even know that you guys originally started off with a YouTube channel and then kind of like jump from there. Okay. So then to answer my question, so what were the first like couple of parts that you guys came out with? So when we originally started, we were doing custom builds. So that's where the JMAC Customs comes from. We were doing high-end builds for uh, very exclusive clients. And after we did that for a while, we found out that, you know, there's not a whole lot of high-end clients out there to build or to buy the bills that we were doing. So we started looking at remanufacturing or replicating parts that were not available in the U.S. for the AK. So that's where the AIMR stock came from. And please, whoever's listening to this, do not send an email. We're not making them again. (laughs) So we made a, a replica of the AIMR stock, which is more fabrication than it is machining. Uh, we made replicas of the AIMR flash powder. We did the GBC gas block, which is an East German um, gas block front sight combo. And um, we did that with uh, the help of Larry Vickers, who had one of the super rare Weiger gas blocks here in the United States. So 
our start in the manufacturing world was to bring parts to the U.S. that otherwise were in very limited quantity, less than 100, sometimes less than 10 in the U.S. So we started making these replica parts and we got our name out there and we started getting some attention. And people were like, hey, if you can make this, why don't you make this other product so I can do this with my firearm? And perfect example of that is there were M4 adapters at the time for certain AKs, but not all AKs. So we made a M4 adapter for the 4.5 millimeter rear trunnions. And that was our mod one stock adapter. And uh, after we made that, we made the mod two and then the rest is history. And now we have like 300 and some SKUs. All the SKUs. Wow. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. Primary Arms has their new SLX 3X micro prism with the ACSS Raptor and 556-308 available for pre-order right now. They're set to ship next month. Definitely going to be popular. It's just like the SLX 1X that released last year and was super popular, but with the 3X magnification for better visibility shooting at range. They're really compact, rugged. So if you're looking for an optic for your AR, you should definitely check it out. Um, If you decide to buy a primary arms optic, remember to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you are going to get a free one-piece scope mount with every primary arms optic that you buy, and that is at primaryarms.com. Justin, did you have like an engineering degree or how did you, because I mean, I'm sure the thing is, is like, I'm sure some people come up with these great ideas, but they have no idea how to implement them. Well, execution is always the hardest part of any business. Yeah. But yes, I do have a background in electrical engineering, actually. And my uh, interest when I was in school was more robotics and PLC. So I was interested in the CNC side of things well before, uh, you know, I graduated college. I had no idea that I was going to do firearm parts business at some point in life. (laughs) My original was going to kind of be leaning towards cars. But the electrical background definitely helps me when it comes to you know, design. And uh, in that uh, experience at college, we had project management, we had all these classes that really helped set the foundations for building basically a a brand, if you will, not as far as the advertising side, but understanding what it takes and material strengths and that sort of stuff. So yes, that, that definitely helped. Yeah. And do you think that like sort of just concentrating more on AKs because in some aspects, I mean, I think only AKs have become really popular in the last couple of years, but for the longest time, it was just all about the AR. And then if you were thinking about doing like a custom AK or maybe, you know, upgrading a few parts, you're really only limited to a few companies that would come to mind. Would you agree or disagree? No, I definitely agree. And um, that's really what got us started is we focused on those very niche products. Mm-hmm. We focused those products that weren't available so if i was out shooting a gun i would really just analyze it and say what can i do to make this gun better then i would research the market and see if there was another product out there available if there wasn't we would say okay look and go back to the m4 stock adapter you know i really like the uh ak-105 for example but it would be so much nicer with a classical stock with a better cheek wheel so that's where we did the um m4 so 
definitely focus on the niche products and the AK at the time when we started was much further behind in technology than say the AR. There was a hundred companies out there making AR products, very limited AK products on the market. So that's where we started and that's where we really built our uh, name. Nice. Yeah. Going back to when you guys like first started making custom AKs, what were some of the crazier builds that you've done? Okay, so um, one of the crazier builds uh, we have done, I would say Ava starts with our OSC-13. So O means that the firearm is optics ready, S means that it is suppressor ready, and C means it is ready for competition. So we we linked up with M13 Industries to come up with this OSC-13, really geared towards the competitive shooter in the AK platform. Uh, we had just picked up Clayco-47, um, Clay Owens as a competitive shooter, as well as Chris Snow. And we debuted the OSC 13 at Red October in 2017. So there's a blog post on our website about it, um, the full, you know, build breakdown. I would say that was our very first, like, crazy AK uh, build that we did. And then the next would be the ever so coveted, ever so popular mini monster. The mini, the, the mini monster yes i don't know if i'm even familiar with the mini monster okay so the mini monster we wanted to have a we had our rifle that was a 14 and a half inch barrel and at the time when we did the osd 13 nobody was making 14 and a half inch barrels for the ak uh-huh. and suppressing it wasn't that easy no so that was the whole objective something that you can use in competition something you can put a suppressor on it's concentric something that is ready to uh, either be a truck gun or uh, do anything you absolutely want to with it. So that was the original project. And then we're like, okay, we just need a really cool pistol that has a lot of these similar features, but it's more of just like a showstopper, get people's attention. And uh, that's where the mini monster came from. So (laughs) believe it or not, we actually started with an SLR Rifle Works handguard that was made for the mini Draco. We made a custom barrel to work with our gas block, which was 7.65 inches, mm-hmm. and build it with the uh, Saberworks KOP, which has the interchangeable optic plates. So you've got a 7.62 AK with a 7.65 inch barrel. And then this is where we started with the LAF. That's, <laughs> that's how it came about. Like we've got to have the most ultimate most absurd muzzle break possible to put on the end of this shorty yes uh, we want the biggest flames and um that's really where the laf got started too because this was part of the design of the pistol so we put all that together and it makes for a really cool really loud really flashy package definitely it is a thumper it gets you all the attention you deserve and need at the range <laughs> whenever we do our last you know mad minute of the day Everyone knows, hey, that was the JMAC booth. We've got too many monsters that we take to Kalash Bash with us, and Ava people are lined up nonstop to shoot them. So we've got Minnie, which is my mini monster, and she is a burnt bronze. And then Justin's got his mini monster. We call it Azul. It is the blue and gold. So I'll have to send you some pictures of those so you yeah. can familiarize. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So going back to the LAF, right? The, yes. The muzzle. Okay. So you guys just recently sent me one for my Galil Ace. And I posted a picture of it today. And somebody 
uh, posted a picture of them shooting it and they were like, oh, yes, I, you know, I love this one. I got to pull it up because it was funny. And they were like, yeah, I put this on my gun and didn't really know what to expect. And I was like turning <laughs> heads at the range and like everyone stopped shooting. They were just like watching him shoot. And he had a picture and it's like this huge <laughs> fireball. And I was like, oh, OK, so this is probably why Justin was like, yeah, you're going to love and hate it because <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. I was just like, oh, OK, it looks kind of cool. It definitely looks different. But I wasn't really expecting. I had no idea like what to expect. It's really fun. We named it after me, by the way. Loud and flashy. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So then from there, so you guys still do AK parts, but then you kind of did branch out. You're doing AR receivers, right? And then I think, is it anything for the the BRN 180s? Okay. Yes. So, you know, the, the AK platform does have our hearts. It's where we got our start, but the AK market is very limited. And we believe that collaborations are definitely where it's at. And, you know, to build your brand, you kind of have to dabble in other platforms. We work with Brownells and you've got a lower on the BRN upper, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about that. <laughs> so we started, we wanted to have basically kind of a JMAC customs firearm. And to do an AK would be super extensive and very expensive. And I, I've got to give props to the American companies that are trying to do that and um, that are really pushing that technology in the U.S. Because what's going to eventually happen is these surplus parts kits are going to drop and just disappear. So <clears throat> kudos to, to the U.S. companies making these AK product or AK firearms. But we did the AR because it was a pretty straightforward project what we wanted to do is just have a very classic m4 style lower with the pocket in it for the sot guys so we did that and then of course we have plans to expand on the ar stuff eventually but uh we've got the kns 1913 adapter as an accessory we linked up with them and we carry that on our website so if you've got a brn 180 upper and want to run one of our folding stocks or braces all you have to do is get that adapter, put it on our lower, and then slap the VRN-180 upper on it. And you've got a sweet-looking non-AR-15 that looks like an AR-15, but it's got a folding stock, and you can still shoot it while it's folding. Yes. Hmm. Nice. I was also looking at your stocks and braces, and you guys make just the, like, skeletonized, like, the tube. And then on that you could what put the gearhead works or what would be your other options if you didn't want to use like the gearhead works, the little hook thing. Okay. So for the arm bar, that would be the AB8, the AB8R, the AB9 or the AB9R. You can utilize the gearhead works mod one tail hook and make it a brace, or you can interchange with the folding butt plate. Um, as far as the ST6, it can also be configured as a brace or a stock utilizing the SBA3 or any other M4 style stock. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I have to say like the stocks were really well made. One thing that I hate is when you put, you know, like a stock or a brace on your gun and just to fold it, it's like, where am I not pushing something right? Because you can't I mean just to fold it, it like <laughs> takes so much force you have to break it in before you can actually like use it well. And mm -hmm. everything yeah. just seemed to be like, even like the butt plate. So even just folding that, it just seemed to like 
guide just so well. I don't even know how to describe it exactly. Like it was just, it was almost like lubricated, if that makes sense. You know, like it, it wasn't, there was no like rough parts at all. It was just like a nice, smooth. I think your guys' stock might be the only ones that I've ever come in contact with where it was just like, just super easy to like manipulate. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. A lot of engineering and design work and testing and back to the drawing boards really went into our stocks and arm bars and our folding mechs. So thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. I mean, because have you guys noticed that? Like if you, you know, any of the other like folding adapters or anything like that, like it just seems like it's so rugged and just really like, I mean, it definitely needs like quite a bit of force before it just becomes sort of seamless over time. Whereas like yours, it, it seemed like I had already had it for years and it was just really easy to, you know, to operate. Well, as part of our design constraints, you know, we had very specific requirements. One was no buttons. In the instance you need to use your firearm in a self-defense or uh, offensive situation, whatever it may be, we want the end user to be able to grab the stock, deploy it, without ever thinking about trying to find a button or trying to manipulate some small component. So that was our first design constraint. The second design constraint is we wanted it to fold easily from the uh, folded position to the deployed position. And then we also wanted to make sure that it wouldn't collapse under fire, but it didn't take an extreme amount of force to go from deployed to folded as well. And then a part of that is we've got a very well-engineered designs, um, ramps that, uh, aid in what you're calling the, uh, lubricated portion, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we wanted to make it a super refined design and, uh, kind of be like our belts, you know, extra Gucci. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the modular rear trunnion. This is something that definitely takes a whole lot of headaches out of changing out the stock on an AK. Yes. So, when I get into discussions with people like, why did you design this? Like, cause I hated what was out there. Yeah. And a perfect example of that, when you go to put a stock or a brace on an AK, it's just like, Oh my gosh, what adapter do I need? How do I put it on here? Oh mm-hmm. wait, I can't even do that on this gun. It's impossible. Yeah. So what we wanted to do with the MRKT, which stands for modular rear Kalashnikov trunnion was to make a, ultimate mounting platform for the majority of stocks and braces on the market. And originally, you know, we wanted to, the 1913 interface at that time was growing in popularity, but, you know, the M4 was still the leading technology at that time. And that's what everybody wanted to put on their gun because it was comfortable and there was a million stocks out there for it. So Instead of making an M4 rear trunnion or a 1913 rear trunnion, we made a modular design that has our infinity mount technology. So the infinity mount technology, what it is, is it's a plug and play socket that has very specific tolerances. So when you pop it in the back and bolt it down, it has no wiggle whatsoever. And there's only one bolt that holds those adapters on. So we've got 1913, we've got M4. The trunnion is also drilled and tapped for ACE folding or ACE, um, and yeah, I guess folding mechs and stocks. And then, of course, we have our own folding mech that goes into the infinity mount. Now, the cool thing about the infinity mount, where it's the same on the top as it is the bottom, 
if you wanted to run that folding Mac and fold to the left, you put it in the normal way. If you want that to fold to the right, you literally flip the folding Mac 180 degrees. Now your stock folds to the right. Also in the folding Mac itself, we've got three different adjustment holes. So you can move the SSA, the ABA, the ABA-R, all those stocks up and down based on your cheap wheel preference. Mm-hmm. That was based on basically OEM. If you want to offer a pistol on the market but don't want to actually install a brace, you can throw the training in and the end user has a million options. Uh, if you want to do a rifle, you can do the same thing and put an inexpensive stock on the back, throw it out there on the market. It was more focused to OEM, but we get a lot of end users that buy them and then send them to uh, builders like CW Gunworks to install them. But once you put it in, it's just a no-brainer and literally opens up a million opportunities. Nice, yeah. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about IWI. The Masada is one of the most comfortable full-size pistols around, and it's also one of the most affordable for all of the features that it includes. Out of the box, it's fully ambidextrous, which is like rare for most pistols nowadays. It's optic ready. It comes with four adapter plates from the most common red dots. And now there's a Masada Tactical with a threaded barrel and suppressor height sights. And you get it all for MSRP of only $480, which in my opinion is a steal. And that includes the tactical version. So check these out, iwi.us. If you find any accessories on the web store, which I was actually looking, they have accessories depending on which gun you have. So, you know, the Uzi, the Galil, the Tavor, any of that, they have all kinds of accessories. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, that's all one word, and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. And again, that is IWI.us. Let's talk about the Infinity Receiver. It's a milled steel receiver, right, that you collaborated with Tort Tort on, correct? Absolutely. So the Infinity Receiver, we took our MRKT technology with the Infinity Rear Mount, and we wanted to basically have a receiver that has that built into it. So what we did is we got with Tort Tort and we went back and forth and said, hey, I want this feature to be in the rear of one of your, at the time it was one of uh, Tort Tort's crystal receivers. And uh, we went back and forth a couple of times on some prototypes and we finally got it perfected to where we like it. And all of our adapters that I previously mentioned on the MRKT, the 1913, the M4, the MRKT folding Mac, all of that stuff is 100% compatible with this milled receiver. So out of the box, you get a very modular milled AK receiver that uh, uses the standard AKM barrels, which are readily available. And you can build a really awesome, super smooth as butter milled gun that is modular and to today's standards, basically. And to top it off, with our Infinity mount, we made the selector marks Hungarian, which is the iconic Infinity for the full auto notch. So that was kind of a, a I the guess, theme. yeah, the theme for that. Yeah. Right. And then on the opposite side, we've got our JC logo to kind of show the, it, that's where most uh, manufacturers do their stamps. So that's what we did on that side. Nice. Yes. And that was a limited edition collaboration. It may come back. It just depends on demand. But right now, um, 
we're working on a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is sold out, but we are working on some other really awesome projects. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I thought about taking like an AK class with Jim Fuller, you know, how he teaches (laughs) you to put like together the AKs. And I was like, huh, well, I've never put together an AK like, you know, ARs. Yeah. But like, I've heard the AKs are just a lot more difficult. And so I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it, it'd be cool to like, you know, take the class with Jim Fuller. And so I was looking to see like what receivers were available and all the parts and, you know, and even just the cost, like, what are we looking at? Like, you know, cost for all these parts and stuff. And, and even that there's really not a lot of companies that even just offer the milled receiver, but I'm kind of, I'm curious to see now what you guys have in the works in place of this. In fact, speaking of things that you have in the works, so when this comes out, it will have already been past Friday. So tomorrow you guys are actually launching a new muzzle device and this is geared for, it's not just the MP5 or is it? Well, it's anything that takes the thread, right? Yes. So our original design, this, this goes back to why did you create this? Because there's no good muzzle devices for the MP5 that allows you to mount a key mount suppressor. Everything sticks out way too far on the end and looks goofy not throwing off on other manufacturer's design because there was no muzzle device designed for the MP5. There was just half by 28 muzzle devices. So we want to design a muzzle device specifically for firearms that had a barrel that sticks out at least more than one inch from the end of the front sight block or the handguard. In this case, this has a trilog behind the thread. So this sleeves the trilog somewhat. This works on any type of sub guns that have extended barrels. Like the Straubog has a barrel that sticks out significantly farther from the end of the handguard than most other guns. So when you install this on the Straubog or the MP5, it actually sleeves the barrel a full inch, only adding 0.8 inches in length. And uh, this also makes the suppressor sit back much farther on the host, keeping your total package much smaller. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cause I put my, you know, I, you, you guys saw the pictures I put on the AP five and it looks amazing. And now it makes a lot of sense. Like why you guys came up with that. And so that launches. So, well, by the time the show comes out, it will have already launched. And what is MSRP on that for those who want to get one? So MSRP Ava on the 360-28F is for face mount. Um, Key mount is $114.95. Okay. And then let's talk about some of the cool new, like the X37 muzzle devices that you guys recently came out with. The X37s are so popular um, because it provides the option for just a direct thread through suppressor. So we offer these in our 2C which means, you know, it's got the two ports there for compensation. And then our now 360, which is the omnidirectional device that does not have to be timed. So why did we come up with the X series? Well, as you know, Ava, it's not that easy to suppress an AK. Yeah. (laughs) So the mounting options out there are very limited. And we had explored the key mount arena. So, you know, we linked up with Dead Air. We got licensing to uh, use their key mount design with our muzzle brake on the front end. But it still left a lot to be desired because like the 24 millimeter, the 26 millimeter, these are big threads that the key mount is not designed to be machined to fit on. So what we did is I said, you know, I want to suppress this gun. I want to use this suppressor. How can we make this happen? And be in the simplest way possible. So there's a lot of 
QD mounts out there that you've got a muzzle device, you've got a suppressor, and then you've got the adapter that threads into the suppressor to use the muzzle device. So I'm looking at all these things. I've got it all laid out on the workbench, and I'm thinking, how can I do this so much easier? There's got to be an easier way. There's got to be a good way to do this and make it solid. I knew I had to be face mount to fix the concentricity issues. And I was like, there's got to be a way to put this all together. As I was taking apart a dead air nomad, I took the direct thread adapter out of it. I'm looking at the inside of the suppressor, trying to figure out what would fit inside. And then I look in the other hand and I'm looking at this literal, just 5H24 direct thread mount. And I'm like, why can't this just have a muzzle device on the front of it? Like, why has nobody thought about this? So I get online, I'm looking, nobody makes anything like it. I'm like, I have a great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take this direct thread adapter, put a muzzle brake on the front of it. Now you've got the best of both worlds. You've got a muzzle device that permanently stays on your gun and the suppressor just threads over the threads. You don't have an adapter. You don't have anything in between and it keeps it super short because now you're just adding, you know, in most cases, you're actually subtracting length off of QD systems. It's super lightweight. It's super short. And uh, as we start making these prototypes, we did the X37, which is what we're talking about. That's the muzzle device. But we also made what we call our BDS37, which is our blast shield. So as I get these first prototypes back, I'm looking at them. They threaded together. They're really cool. So now I'm looking at all these suppressors I've got laying. I'm checking them out. And I'm looking at the blast shield. And I'm looking at these other adapters. And I realized that everything these suppressors work with, our blast shield works with. Yes. So our, not only is the muzzle device super modular, you can do the blast shield on a key mount, you can do it on the YHM mounts, you can do it on the silencer co. Anything that will thread into those suppressors that's a super universal threads works with both of these components. So I almost geeked out over the design after the fact because I didn't even realize <laughs> how modular it was until I started playing with the parts. I'm like, oh my gosh, why has no one done this yet? Yeah, right. we created a system. So not only was it just a suppressor mount, so now you can run the BDS. And a lot of people, you know, ask, is GMAC going to make a three-piece booster? Well, this essentially is like our version of a three-piece booster, only it's two pieces. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Let's see. So I'm looking through your website. And the one thing that I've noticed that you guys have not come out with, even though like in your pictures, it has like really awesome handguards, but you guys don't make your own handguards. Why is that? Well, Ava. Yes. <laughs> We've got some designs in the works. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, all hesitant. I was like, yes, Ashley. And I'm like, unless I miss something because, you know, I'm having one of those moments because my dog's running around crazy and I'm just like, get your shit together. What are you doing? And then I'm like, unless I, <laughs> but yeah, because as I'm looking through your website right now, and I'm looking at like the muzzle devices. And as you were talking about that, and then I noticed like some of the guns that, you know, the muzzle device are on. I was like, man, that's a really cool handguard. But then I'm looking under the shops section. And I'm like, well, there's no handguard. So I wonder who makes that. <laughs> Likely LR or RS Regulate. We love both of those brands tremendously. They're spec down on a majority of our firearms, but I'll let Justin take it from here. I think you'll see in 2022 that JMAC Customs will focus uh, heavily on furniture. And I'll leave it at that. I think uh, we've, we've realized the universal 1913 style stocks and braces. Those are 
quickly becoming and have been our top products for the last year. Mm -hmm. And we realized that people want not only their firearm to, honestly, people want their firearm to look cooler than probably the functionality of a lot of things in certain instances. So when we did these stocks, you know, we're function over form. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm all about function and fashion. So, well, a lot of our products get their form based on function. So as we design products, we focus, the key elements need to be, it's got to be A, B, C, and D, and it can't be one, two, three, and four. Like we've got these very strict constraints. So as we started selling these stocks and braces, we found that people want to improve the aesthetics of their guns probably more so than the performance of their guns so that's pushing us in the direction of more uh, aesthetic based products for i guess basically dressing up your gun and making it more modular in that sense if that makes sense and then giving the people what they want yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That makes absolute sense. I mean, I feel like for the longest time we were like concentrating on, okay, how can we make this better and operate better? And, you know, and I feel like now we've sort of hit like, you know, like our guns operate well. Like I, I really don't have any complaints as far as, you know, how, I mean, even just the muzzle devices out there, like the fact that you can, you know, switch out the muzzle device and just have like a nice straight, like flat shooting gun just because of one little part and it would make sense that now, okay, we've taken that to not the limits, but, you know, I mean, all these guns operate well, but now you're sitting, let's say you're with all your gun friends and you guys all have the exact same gun. I think what makes these guns great and why, you know, people liked the AR so much is because you were able to customize it to how you wanted. People went more for the aesthetics because, you know, it was like they were like making it their own. And now it's no longer just all about like the AR, like now this is starting to trickle down to all these other guns where we can also sort of add like our own little touch to it. I feel like that's kind of even like with the Galil, like I posted my Galil Ace with your guys' products on it in a Galil group and like not very many people there. My Galil does not look like very many people like their Galil in that group because they haven't really like maybe they've started to sort of customize like a few parts here and there. It was kind of nice to know that like I have more of like a personalized, like not one of a kind, but you know, something that's not just like an everyone's safe, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. That's one of my favorite things. We'll, we'll get us, you know, a, a base stock gun. We'll open up and he'll be like, okay, girl, what do you want to do with it? What color furniture, what muzzle device? And like, that's when my eyes just light up. I come to life. I start grabbing things off the shelves. I'm like, ooh, you know, yeah. Uh, let's make shorty. Let's put the GBC on there. Ooh, I really like the, you know, the key mount 360 on that. That'll look good with the TSA-R. So, you know, dressing up the guns is probably one of my favorite things. And then after that, we will send them to our guys over at 11 Mile for, you know, those awesome custom coats. Yeah. So we've got, we've got a few that'll be headed out that way that will premiere at Kalash Bash that we're super excited about. Yeah. I saw that they just opened up uh, ticket sales for that. When is that? Is that like in October or something? Yes, ma'am. That is October the 8th and 9th. So does that mean, so I've never gone to Kalash Bash because I'll be honest, like it kind of scares me because it looks like everyone's camping outside. Is that true? Well, we don't camp because okay. <laughs> I don't really camp <laughs> Us either. We stay at the hotel, but yes, there is an option to camp. Okay. So an 
in hotels. Okay. Because I always got the idea that it was like middle of nowhere and people just didn't have an option that they just had to camp. And I was like, you know, I would love to go to that, but I just really don't want to crawl out of my sleeping bag and just be like on go and like record content (laughs) without having to brush my teeth. Yeah, it is definitely in the middle of nowhere, but we have fun. It's a really exciting event. It's a collage based event. Um, and the JMAC line is never ending. Um, we get to see our customers, vendors. It's, it's really a highlight of the year for us, but yes, we, we don't camp. We stay, we stay at the hotel. Nice. Okay. That's good to know. So maybe this year I'll actually make an appearance. Oh, we would love that. And if you want to shoot some of these cool toys that we're talking about, stop by our booth and... Uh, we're gold sponsors this year, yeah. so we'll have our own range. We can go hot and cold when we want it. Oh, nice. And shoot mm-hmm. some full autos. Every gun that we'll have, maybe a couple demo guns that uh, are on display for competitive shooters will be semi, but the majority of the guns that we'll have at our booth will be machine guns. We're doing an extra big this year. Extra yeah. big. I like it. Yeah, that sounds fun to me. I'll definitely stop by. You guys might be my first stop. How about that? Yes, I love that. Maybe I'll camp out so I'm first in line. (laughs) (laughs) We usually show up late with uh, energy drinks in hand. Fashionably late. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some of the other parts that you guys make that I haven't touched upon. And I will say, so I love your website because if you're not sure what parts, you know, that you can use or might fit your gun, there's like this little uh, section that's like firearm type and you just click down on it and it covers all of the guns. And then when you click on that, it just shows you all of the parts that will be compatible. So I love that, especially if you're just, you know, if you're kind of new and you're not really sure what to put on your gun. But let's talk about. So what are some of the parts so we've covered? Muzzle devices, stocks, the trunnion, gas blocks, the barrels. Do you guys make your own barrels or do you just source that out? We do actually, we've been, um, working on perfecting them so that we can restock. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. They, uh, we've got tons of people on the waiting list for when they do restock, but we want to make sure, you know, when they, when they come back out that they are, you know, up to our specs and up to our standards. So perfection takes time. Yeah, definitely. Especially with barrels. And then you guys also have your handguard accessories. So love like the foregrips. The skeletonized foregrip, the hand stop. That's one of those things. Like, again, it just has like a really nice aesthetic to it. And if you're using one of the skeletonized stocks, it just kind of brings the gun together, in my opinion. Yeah, so it gives you that added flair. So we started with the HRD, which is just, you know, essentially a little finger stop. And then we're like, okay, the guys with the bigger hands, you know, they're going to need something a little larger. So that's how we ended up with the HRD EXT. It's the extended version of the HRD. And again, these, you can put them on, you know, reversed or forward, whichever suits your needs. Um, And then, you know, with the skeletonized stocks, of course, we had to have the skeletonized forward grip. So um, what's cool about that is, (laughs) I think you might see it here. Um, What's cool about the SFG is, let's look at it. So you can essentially hold it like you would basically a vertical forward grip, but um, I find that to be very uncomfortable. So where you've got those two cutouts in it that makes it skeletonized, Uh you can actually hook your fingers in there and really pull your firearm in super tight to your shoulder. And that's why I love the SFG. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That makes sense though. And I like that because 
I put this on my Galil and I kind of wish it was set back just a little bit so that I had a little bit more room to grip the handguard. But if I were to put my fingers through that skeletonized section, that actually makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So yes. if you just grab the handguard like you normally would, but your finger goes through the forward grip, it's yeah. it almost it's like a hand stop, but it's forward and backwards hand stop instead of just a one way. And yeah. you can reverse. And you can refer to my most recent post on my Instagram page. Um, it's me holding the MP5, and then I've got my finger hooked through the SFG. Okay, perfect. And then also, let's talk about Instagram for a second. So you guys have JMac Custom Lifestyles. Is that what it is, the Instagram handle? So we've got JMac Customs Lifestyle. And essentially, this is like our backup page um, because people come for the gun pages they do. It's sad, but it's true. So it's kind of like our fallback. If anything happens to our main account, we mostly just share like behind the scenes type things, our pups, um, trips, our meals, just kind of like our life in general, our Humvee, the Uzi, um, behind the scenes at events like um, Big Daddy Unlimited and the Gundies, just things about our life that we typically wouldn't share on our business account. Okay. Gotcha. And then I noticed even at the Gundies, you guys were doing like a few interviews. Is that something that you think you're going to continue at other events? Well, we've done interviews, Ava, since I can remember. We started going to Knob Creek. So they would have a gun show uh, twice a year, every April and October, uh-huh. which I think this past October was the last one ever. So they're not having that anymore. And that was just kind of something we started doing was we were just interviewing vendors at gun shows. And that's something, you know, that we've just carried on throughout the years. Oh, I didn't even know that. I swear. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even do my research before I had you guys on. (laughs) Oh, you did. These questions are excellent. I was like, she did do her research. She knows about the IMR. She knows about the MRKT. Oh, that's funny. Actually, I did have a guest on. He was from Greystone. Have you guys heard of that company? Yes, in Georgia. Yeah. So I think he's going to be bringing back the shooting event in uh, Knob Creek. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that they're actually supposed to be having an event actually in October for it. So I can get you guys information. So I'm sure, you know, you sound like you're sad about it, like with anything good that's coming to an end. But I think that they're actually going to pick it up and make it like a annual thing or something. If you want, I'll get you guys some information. Yeah, I would love that because Greystone offers, I mean, I've seen Rachel B and Alexandra. I mean, I've seen them shoot from helicopters and, you know, they offer a lot of stuff there at Greystone. So if they are able to do something, you know, at the Knob Creek range, that would be spectacular. Yeah, definitely. All right. So wrapping up. So any exciting like future plans that you guys can share with us? So I kind of let the cat out of the bag as far as the handguards that might be coming out within the year or two, which I'm really excited about. I can't wait to see those. Anything else that you can share with us? You're the one that said that, not us. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Ava, there are a lot of things that we're really excited about, but a few things that I, I can speak about this evening is we do plan on offering our stock and arm bar options in nine inches. Oh. Uh, and we ooh, and we do also plan on offering um our stocks with the rubber butt pads. Oh nice. We plan on expanding our 360 key mount line. And then of course, as we touched base on very lightly earlier, the AK furniture. Very nice. 
All right, cool. And then for people who want to find you online, like website, social media, all that good stuff, what are those handles? Excellent. So our website is jmac-customs.com. Our Instagram is at jmaccustoms. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash jmac.customs. We have two YouTubes. So our main YouTube account, which, you know, we're trying to rebrand so that we can get remonetized is youtube.com slash Justin McMillian, all one word. And then we've also got like a technical YouTube that basically shows customers how our products work, how to install our products, things like that. And it doesn't have a specific URL. You just have okay. to type in JMAC Customs LLC technical videos. Technical videos. Oh, so okay. JMAC videos. And then, you know, we've got our um, JMAC underscore, wait, JMAC Customs underscore lifestyle is our lifestyle slash backup account. And then my Instagram is collage underscore queen. You know what? I also just remembered. I think this is how the first time that I saw you is when you remade that song. Oh my gosh. Do you know what I'm talking about? I suddenly just had a flashback. (laughs) And I was like, this is great. (laughs) Oh yeah. A lot of people didn't get that it was a parody. I don't know why. I think I'm pretty funny myself, but yeah. So that was kind of like my take on you know, bringing guns into the music industry and just trying to do something fun and think outside of the box. You know, I try not to do what other people are doing. I, I like to be different. Yeah. I, we both love music very much. And um, we like having fun on the range. So we did our little music parody and we had a great time. I don't understand why people would not understand that it's not a parody. Like, how do they, like, did they think that you were being serious? <laughs> I don't know, but- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was the first time that I actually like really and I was like, who is this lady? And also, (laughs) so the store that hooked me up with do my AK, which is called Family Firearms, they have a signed poster of you in their store. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are a Mac dealer. They carry our products. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I saw her music video. Ava, do you want a signed poster? I would love a signed poster. I would honestly, I would love it. At Clash Bash. Okay, perfect. And you know what? I now have my own. Well, it's more like postcard size. It's not really a poster. I'm not like that cool. But I will also give you guys a postcard of a picture of me signed. We can do that. Yeah. What about Justin? Does he have like maybe, I mean, like a shirtless? I mean, I'm I'm just saying, you know, if he happens <laughs> to have. You know? <laughs> uh, we used to, I did all of the shipping here because remember, it was just the two of us for the longest time. Um, we now have a warehouse that handles our shipping, but I used to ship everything from our dining room until like two Octobers ago. So all of our orders would ship with like signed five by sevens of me until like, I just couldn't keep up with the orders anymore. So I've got like, we'll call them vintage um, five by sevens that we would include with orders back in the day. I've got some of those on reserve, but yeah. no, we don't have any mod shots of Justin. Just yeah, on Instagram. Well, you know, you gotta... 
I mean, I would just say just for the ladies out there, maybe, you know, because I mean, with all the other like there's so many women now getting into the shooting industry and the shooting sports that maybe they would enjoy it. It's actually the guys that, that are requesting it. I, I hate to- <laughs> okay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to be like, I mean, I did say you were a pretty guy before we started the show. So I didn't, I was like, eh, I didn't want to like push it too much that all these guys have man crushes, but okay. That's really, yeah, that's probably, yeah. that's probably the truth. <laughs> all right. Awesome guys. So yeah. So go give them a follow on social media and get their products. And moving on with the rest of the show. So Caldwell. If you guys are looking to upgrade your ear pro, definitely check out Caldwell's new Emacs Shadow Pro. So the new pro version is just like the original Emacs Shadows, but with some major upgrades. So including like the push button controls, making it easier to adjust ambient noise, change volume, answer calls, and so on. They also have a magnetic lanyard and rechargeable storage case with battery indicator. I think you can charge them like four or five times. They're good for six hours of running time without recharging, which is pretty good. You can get that for $169.99, but remember, you're going to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, and you're going to get 10% off, and that is CaldwellShooting.com. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Lawmakers sent ATF a warning. This last week, Senators James Lankford, Republican of Oklahoma, and Steve Daines, Republican of Montana, and 24 of their colleagues sent a letter to ATF officials demanding answers on the recent denials of Form 1 suppressors. Two days later, Congressman Andy Biggs, Republican of Arizona, and 141 congressional colleagues added their signature to a longer 13-page letter to ATF with the same sentiments. In short, they want to know why the ATF is now targeting gun owners simply seeking in good faith to obey the law. In the past, the ATF has required Americans wanting to build a suppressor to file a Form 1, pay the $200 tax stamp, and once all the red tape was processed over several months, they would be allowed to make the suppressor for their personal use. This month, the ATF denied no less than 847 pending Form 1 applications to make a suppressor because the agency declared the applicants were using commonly available and legal solvent trap kits for their planned builds. They're saying these kits are already suppressors and are in violation of the NFA. For the remaining 3,000 people, the ATF is requiring all of those with pending Form 1 suppressor applications to provide pictures and descriptions of all components that will be used to make the suppressor or their application will be denied. The congressional reps have demanded to know why the ATF has made this sudden secretive change after many years of president setting approvals for these same kits. Congressman Biggs said the ATF continues to infringe on the constitutional liberties of law-abiding Americans. This has gone long enough. ATF is ignoring years of president to restrict individuals' ability to make their own silencers. I've heard from many constituents how this arbitrary change is negatively impacting them. This is unacceptable. The ATF is overstepping its authority and must explain its actions to Congress and the American people. Both letters asked the ATF by end of month to answer the following questions and more. 
They want to know why is the ATF denying Form 1 applications for silencers? Do these denials reflect a change in policy and how the ATF regulates self-made silencers? What has the ATF done to inform the American people of its position regarding a Form 1 application and devices it believes are silencer, quote-unquote, kits, so that law-abiding Americans can attempt to comply with the law? In short, how are you justifying this change in president with no change in the law? The two letters were preceded by one letter on March 11th to ATF by 20 Republican senators questioning the agency's, quote, secret guidance uh, used to justify the seizure of property and could more troubling be used to prosecute Americans and businesses making lawful items. It said our government, including the ATF, has a duty to inform Americans what they must do to comply with federal law, especially when the conduct involves the exercise of an enumerated constitutional right and violations could result in a penalty of up to 10 years in prison. The use of secret law is an anathema to our system of government, the lawmakers wrote. This is especially concerning because the Form 1s that were denied have been referred to local offices for criminal investigation. This kind of secret and illegal changes of rules to enforce anti-gun agendas is just extremely dangerous. Up next, Manicor Arms. If you've got a Steyr Aug, Manicore Arms just came out with another new upgrade that you need to check out, the augmented magazine levers, 30% longer and 40% wider than the factory release to make it faster and easier to use in a stressful situation. It only works with the Aug magazine stock version. NATO stocks use a different lever design. They're only $49.95. Check those out at manicorearms.com. Remember to use the code AVAROCKS15. That's all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A. Did you see the letter ATF just sent out about force reset triggers to FFLs? I did. Obviously, being an FFL, I saw it right away. They actually just sent it today. So when the show comes out, it'll be a few days since they sent it out. This is like the next phase of their persecution of rare breed and WOT triggers. They left the names out, though, to scare people into not selling any trigger like it to try and kill the market. Because I was like looking through and I'm like, okay, does it specify exactly which trigger? And it doesn't. Uh, So, again, they're just being very like blase about it. They quote the actual law as to a single function of the trigger in their letter, but then lie about how FRTs work. FRTs only shoot a single round per function of the trigger and follow the law to the letter. They're lying in their evaluation and trying to get away with changing the law to ban them without any authority to do so. Definitely contact your reps right away and tell them to demand the ATF stop violating legislative process because at this point it's triggers today, it's quote unquote braces tomorrow. They're just reclassifying all kinds of stuff and it's extreme overreach and who knows how far, you know, they're going to take this and not to mention, I mean, they're doing this illegally. They're not even following the legalities of implementing these laws. Definitely contact your representatives and tell them that this is definitely overreach for ATF. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. 
All right. So today in Tacti Talk, Sig just announced the P322 pistol. Did you guys have a chance to look at that? No. Not the 322. Yeah, so it, it looks like a full-size 22. What I like about this is it holds 20 rounds. So I can't tell you how many 22 pistols are on the market. They only hold 10 rounds, which I'm always like, yeah. really? Like, you guys obviously could fit more rounds in the magazine. And I understand for, like, some states that might have restrictions on mag capacity. But for those that don't, I'm like, why don't you guys make magazines that hold more rounds? And for a while, there's only a few companies that did it. But yeah, they just released a pistol. holds 20 rounds. I like that. I mean, we'll see how well it works. It looks a lot like it features a stainless steel frame, polymer grip. Unlike the P365, they've ditched the proprietary rail and included a standard 1913 rail. It's also single action, hammer fired, completely enclosed. It has an alloy slide that's optic ready and compatible with the new Romeo Zero Elite. Unfortunately, they've stuck with the mounting style where you lose the rear irons if you've added a red dot, which kind of sucks. I always like to co-witness them. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see how well this gun works because a lot of 22s are finicky and I can't help but think. So this is like embarrassing, but my first gun ever that I owned was the Sig Mosquito, which I don't think Sig actually made. I think uh, somebody else made it and then Sig just put their name on it. But it was like the biggest junk out there. And because it was my first gun, I learned how to clear malfunctions like really well. But I would say like probably, <laughs> I don't know, every couple of rounds it would jam or it would have a misfire, which 22s, they're notorious for misfire. But I'm kind of curious to see how this gun operates and if it, you know, runs flawlessly. Because if it does, I think it would be a really good training gun, if nothing else. And also to train people how to use optics, like red dots on guns. Because that's also something like as an instructor that most people don't think about. But if you're learning how to use a gun and then also trying to figure out how to use the red dot and like primary arms, they came out with a really good one where it's like a circle on the outside. So if you see the edge of the circle, you know, to like go back a certain way so that you see that dot in the middle. But if you think about it, like how you're explaining the red dot, like some people, they don't line up their sights well enough and they never even see that red dot in the optic, if that makes sense. So I think, yeah, so I think this would be a good training gun if the gun works well. I don't know what MSRP is on this, but I would imagine that it can't be more than $500, you would think, although who knows, you know, SIG guns can be a little bit more. And then on top of that, the magazines, SIG has like the most expensive magazines I've noticed. It's like 60 plus dollars per magazine, which is crazy. But yeah, they came out with that. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, head on over to SIG's website. GSM Outdoors. Cleaning your guns is something that a lot of us tend to neglect, which I got to ask, do you guys clean your guns? (laughs) Yes, when they stop working. Right? That's typically, that's how I've gotten. And I hate that I've gotten to that point. Although whatever guns I am using for personal protection, I'll make sure that I keep clean. But I only ask you because if you guys are typically shooting AKs, like they're always like, yeah, AKs, you can put them through the mud and all this and they still work. And so that's why I'm like, hmm, how often do you guys clean your AKs? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're like you, though. Uh, The rifles that we use for our personal protection are cleaned and serviced, you know, on a a very routine basis. But our machine guns, we we literally do not uh, 
clean them unless we're doing an annual inspection or they stop working. Or, yeah. or we're out at something like Kalash Bash yeah. and we're running stuff really hard, then we'll have, you know, ballast all or strike hold there on hand to, you know, lube up a bolt or something very quickly and get it back on the firing line. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Birchwood Casey, so they make it easy to stock up on everything that you need to keep your guns clean. They have cleaning kits for AR, shotguns, handguns, more, plus all the cleaning and lube supplies that you need. Something everyone should add to their range bag is the pack of gun scrubber and gun oil. So gun scrubber is great since you can give it a quick blast and flush carbon out without having to disassemble everything, which, hey, you guys might want to use, you know, especially at these events. If you want to check it out, head on over to birchwoodcasey.com. Remember to use the code gunfunny20 and that gets you 20% off. See? Do you hear Gunner? Yeah. Gunner approves. I was just going to say, see, yeah, I was like, whichever one just said that he likes it. <laughs> he approves the message, yes. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment. This story is so weird. So catfished by your own dad. In today's online world, catfishing is pretty common, but a Hollywood actor and filmmaker has opened up about falling victim to a catfishing scheme by his own dad. When he was 20 years old, James Morsini received a Facebook message from an attractive young girl named Becca. It wasn't long before the pair talked every day, sharing their love for all the same interests that eventually led to a cyber romance. However, after becoming attached to Becca, James soon found out he was being catfished by his own dad which is just so weird. James' dad poses an attractive girl in order to reconnect with his estranged son. Morsani has now turned the story into a film. Morsani said, I took the kernel of what actually happened and extrapolated upon that and used my imagination to push it to the furthest degree of what if it had gone even further in this direction? Or, you know, what if I hadn't found out? Or what if it had taken me longer to find out? He's now 31. His film's called I Love My Dad premiered at SXSW Film Festival over the weekend. The Passion Project documents James' character struggling with a disappointing father figure before he decides to cut off all contact and block his number and social media accounts. The father, played by Patton Oswalt, becomes desperate to rebuild his relationship with his son so much that he decides to set up a fake profile to contact him. Isn't that freaking weird? That's so creepy. I know. Like, let's say somebody slides in your DMs and you're like, oh, okay, this guy's kind of funny. He's sort of attractive, you know, whatever. Like you're talking, but it's not like you're talking. I mean, eventually you don't just keep talking like on a friend level. Like once you talk every day, like eventually it's like kind of turns romantic. That's why I'm like, ew, this whole story just like freaks me out. And I would like, yeah. I would get a restraining order against my dad. <laughs> creepy because if you want to reconnect with your son why would you do it like yeah. based on a lie why would you base it on a lie yeah i don't know just- you know what just recently happened to me this guy he's here in colorado and he has like all these really cool guns and i was like okay like he has a lot of cool machine guns and so i was like hmm okay i would maybe go shooting with him and totally just thinking like, oh, you know, friends, like whatever. He wants to record content. I want to record content. And it always is like so much easier to record content when you're like doing it with somebody as opposed to you on the range talking to your camera by yourself before you just feel like a loser. 
<laughs> and then he like starts hitting on me and I'm just like, uh, why do we have to go here? Like, why can't we just be friends? Like you could borrow my guns. I could borrow your guns or shoot my guns or vice versa. And it's like, why? But then, so today I was just like, Hey, so this weekend, the weather's supposed to be nice. What are your plans? And he said he's doing something on Saturday and then Sunday he's making pasta with the GF. And I was like, the GF, like girlfriend, like he has a girlfriend, but he's been hitting on me the last couple of weeks, <laughs> which in a way I was like, okay, well, that's better. I guess that he has a girlfriend and I just played it off like, oh, that's cool. Have you ever made pasta before? But I was like, what the hell? You have a girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is this going to be part of the podcast? Yeah, totally. I don't care. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> I'm deceased. Oh my God. Do you like pasta? Yes, Ava. I love pasta. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know if he's like testing me, feeling me out, or if he really does have a girlfriend. And then I'm like, cool, but you've also been hitting on me. So now I just think you're like kind of a POS. But then I'm also kind of relieved because like, I just don't really want to be hit on. Like, I just wanted to be friends and record content. I have mixed feelings, but yeah. And then I was like trying to think, I was like, well, what else could GF stand for? Because <laughs> he legit said GF, not like girlfriend. So maybe Godfather? I don't know. Pasta with the Godfather? <laughs> Gluten free. That's what you're talking about. Pasta is what it was. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Just furthermore, I'm just like, God, men suck. Moving forward, who cares? <laughs> all right. Well, wrapping up iTunes reviews. So we are all out. If you guys want to leave a review, please do so. If you guys want to enter the Century Arms BFT 47 giveaway, there is still time. It ends at the end of this month. You have to become a Patreon to do so. Head on over to gunfunny.com. Click on support the show and you'll find out how. But the winner will be announced probably on the first or the second. And then also Blown Deadline, he's giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky Patreon each month. Want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guy, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Ridings. Also King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Ashley, Justin, thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it, especially squeezing me in because I know you guys have such busy schedules. And are you guys actually, are you going to the NRA show by chance? Well, first of all, Ava, thank you for squeezing us in because you made time yes. for us in the evening and you usually do your shows in the morning. So thank you for working with us of and course. putting us in for over a year of trying to get on the podcast. <sighs> we finally did today. Um, we just got the dates of the NRA event over the weekend, right? Um, it is definitely something that's on our calendar um, that we would like to commit to. So we are hoping that we've got those dates available. Are you going? I don't know. I think I am. I don't know. It's There's a few things in the works. So I'm like, I think I might go. But and I was going to say, if you guys do go, then I'll see you there. Yes, I know the last two years they haven't had it. So, and then last year they canceled it at the last minute and it upset a lot of people. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I hope, you know, if we make reservations and book flights and stuff that they don't cancel last minute on us this year. So, yeah. um, yes, we like to be there. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then also, can you guys remind listeners once again, where they can find you online? Listeners, you may follow Ash at 
Kalash underscore queen on Instagram. You may follow JMAC Customs at JMAC Customs on Instagram. Our backup page is at JMAC Customs underscore lifestyle on Instagram. Our website is JMAC Customs dot com you may subscribe to our youtube youtube.com slash justin mcmillian and our facebook facebook.com slash jmac.customs that was amazing like justin's so lucky to have you it's literally <laughs> like vanna white like oh okay well I, here we go <laughs> i was totally thinking i would have botched that I know. <laughs> that's a lot to remember <laughs> My easy when people ask me where I, they can find us, I'm like, go to Google and type in JMAC Customs. Yeah, <laughs> that's also true. You guys can do that too if you don't remember everything like Ashley did. <laughs> yeah, great. All right, great. all right, guys. Well, on that note, we are out of here, and I will see you guys next week. <laughs> Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.